1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on slash people today.
0: Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Now, that kind of talk this week dragged Australia's share market to a two year the low. There are, of course,
1: conflicts with He was
0: the big spender. The big, 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 big spender. Big Doing Mr. the grocery shopping can take a huge chunk yeah. out of the family budget. And that's finance. Hello, and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam, and we're joined as always by my little older brother and real life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Yeah, good day, everyone. How are we? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, today on the show, we're going to be asking Thomas with Apple announcing their entry to the buy now, pay later space, are buy now, pay later customers richer than we think? Uh, we're going to find out where it's cheaper to buy a house than rent. Um, why are vinyl record sales going through the roof, Thomas? We'll get to that a bit later. But first, unemployment data out this week. Thomas, what did we learn?
1: Uh, it was another strong strong result. Unemployment down to 4.9%. Um, continuation of the theme we've seen over the past six months or so. So generally robust numbers, strong uh, job growth, particularly full-time growth, participation rates holding up. So all the positive signs you want out of the jobs market. And the unemployment rate down now to... 4.9 so we're into that uh critical four point something so I remember about six to nine months ago i think it was that phil lowe said you know he's going to keep interest rates low and keep pumping out the money until we get that unemployment down into four point something uh josh friedberg came out and backed that up saying he wanted something similar like mid fours so we're now into that four territory so right yeah so, so, that's, so that's it, the they,
0: they said four point something i'm guessing it wasn't 4.9 but no one's no, no one's <laughs> changing course on 4.9 are they
1: no, no, no. We're not. No, we're not. Not seeing that.
0: <laughs> they're not busting out the champagne at the uh, at the RBA.
1: Mission accomplished. <laughs> Mission accomplished. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's part. Of, it's part of the the three things they're looking for. The unemployment is the four four point somethings, and that's mm. to give us uh, wages growth in the three point somethings, and that's to get inflation into the two point somethings. That, that's, <laughs>
0: <laughs> this all sounds horrifically unscientific. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. Why don't they just say 4.5 and call it like even? If we're going to be that vague about it, just go smack bang in the middle and make it – we're targeting 4.5 or does that tie them down too much?
1: A little bit because you might get a 4.4 4 and is, the, is that underneath and the, the the to one decimal point the data is just not that accurate, you know. So you sort of like you want to th- talk in broad bands because, yeah. Cause with it, your data came in at 4.9, but the true unemployment rate, remember, it's just based on a sample. So it's just like, there's a lot of statistical error in this. So the, you know, the uh, true, the actual unemployment rate, if you, if you did a census of every employed person in, in the country, it might be 5.2. It might be 4.6. You don't, you don't know. So it's, it's somewhere around 4.9, but we call it 4.9. And.
0: Men move on, and hopefully no one notices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now that that there's been a lot of lockdowns, obviously happening of late, Sydney, um, Melbourne, Adelaide, Adelaide. Well, not yet. We've got, we've moved to stage four restrictions as of recording today on Monday. Mm. Um, yeah. But obviously there's a lot of a lot of impact from that. But that's not included in this data. Is that right?
1: No, no, we haven't seen that. We did we did see yeah. So the C- Sydney lockdowns. That's not in this data yet. So that's going to be interesting next. Month month to see what that does to it particularly because we don't have all the like job keepers wound up so what we saw in victoria i've got a chart here and i'll I'll post this to our instagram if that's still blowing up the internet
0: oh it's huge yeah massive people love the charts um cbe podcast if you're looking for it on instagram and facebook
1: Mm, yeah it was actually i couldn't remember yeah (laughs) yeah so what what we saw in the victorian lockdowns is that in the absence of job keeper hours worked fell about eight percent right but the total employment was steady so what what that means is the employers were hanging on to their workforce the employment relationship was intact but they were dialing back the hours and people were working less hours
0: is that because so that's because of job keeper and or job keeper i was going to say job job seeker as well but job keeper primarily so people you're saying people are working less hours but they're still employed mm-hmm. is that supported by job keeper
1: uh, no, I think it's, I think it's more that the, the lockdowns are seen as temporary and, and that if you're running a business and you want to, you know, you lock down, you're, you're hoping that in a month's time, you're out of lockdown and, you, and you're ramping up act- activity again. Mm. So you don't want to then be like, you don't want to fire all your workforce at the first sign of lockdown and then three weeks later have to rehire your entire workforce. So the flexibility comes with just like winding back the hours and then, then pick, picking things up again.
0: Yeah, I was certainly working less hours, or as my employer calls it, working from home. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting. I mean, the the, la- the labor market is is very
1: tight, and it, it's getting tighter. Like I've got another chart I'll post to. Um, oh, you're too good to us, Thomas.
0: You're in your charts, just firing them out.
1: you another one. But uh, the the unemployment rate to the vacancy ratio. So the the unemployment number of unemployed people to the amount of open jobs. So the vacancies, the job vacancies, available available jobs. That's now at the lowest level in I don't know ten ten odd years. I think, yeah, quite a, actually, yeah. What's that? Back now, back to ninety six. We got that data for. So that's the lowest level on record, going all the way back to nineteen ninety six.
0: All the way back, you make you make it sad. <laughs> When people talk about all the way back Thomas, we're talking about weather going back to like you know seventeen hundred and twelve. All the way back does not apply to nineteen ninety six.
1: Uh, twenty or twenty five years is is quite a that's quite a that's an old data set in economic terms. Yeah, most data sets don't last that long. They get like GDP goes back fifty odd years, but the definitions change and data series are re reimagined and they get structural breaks.
0: Def- the definition of all the way back changed. That's what's happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so things should keep keep on tightening. But it is going to be interesting to see what, what effect Sydney has. So Sydney accounts for twenty a quarter of the, the Australian economy hmm. um, and you know a sizable chunk of the workforce. So if the lock is in a pretty deep lockdown, it's not it doesn't look like it we sort of even reached a turning point with Sydney yet so that could start unwinding that that could start eating into those job figures and making things a little worse the rba actually said well no they didn't say someone in the australian reported that the rba and this might have been a leak we don't know um but the rba is ready to go back to 5 billion a week money print remember when we talked last right. week that the uh, the rba is- wow aren't things back that they were printing money at a pace of five billion a week, they dialed it back to four billion, but they now sort of seem to be saying that they were willing to go back to five billion if things go a bit rocky as early as August. So as early as next month. <laughs> That's the
0: beauty of money printing it, <laughs> when you're creating money from thin air, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot to turn that ship around. You can literally yeah. just go just Mate, just delete that four over there. Yeah. Delete that one and put a five. Type a five, five. There you go. Five billion. Now we have more yeah. money.
1: Right. Yeah, a lot of flexibility in monetary policy these days.
0: <laughs> uh, I did have. A, I was wondering. Like you often hear hear about unemployment, and we all think that that presumably is good, right? Because everyone in society has a job, uh, or more people have jobs. And if you know unemployment's low, then that's that's good. Are there any negative impacts that come from low unemployment unemployment does it have any flow on effects that kind of can create a problem or are we good
1: no no it's it's a pretty good news story remember to get to be counted in, in the unemployment data you need to be actively looking for work so you you need to be someone who's looking for a job and oh sad story you can't find one so if the unemployment rate's going down it means that everyone who's out there looking for a job is finding jobs Right. So if you decide to step out of the workforce and go on holidays, then you just you're just not counted in that data. So you know unemployment rate going down doesn't mean we're forcing people into the labour market and that that's a bad thing or anything. It means that people who want to work are able to find work. Yeah, that's good. And where it might be, it's sort of you know in a super tight labour market, then it, wage costs go up typically. So wage wages start to increase. And if they, if they get a run on, then you might argue that that's, that's bad for the economy. Mm. But it's, but it's also not clear and cut. So like, there's sort of like, you can divide up the economy into the profit share and the wages share. And they typically eat into each other. So they got to sort of sum to one. And so if wages goes up and there's more wages, workers are getting more of the, the slice of the pie. And that means there's less going to capital. You know, where, you, where you, how you feel about that depends on where you sit on the political spectrum.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, I did have one other question, though. Like, I know a lot of people uh, in the arts, a lot of comedians. Mm. Um, where do they fit into all this? A lot of them, I guess they're technically they're self-employed. I mean, not but not, everyone, you know, not everyone's lucky enough to have a podcast that brings in literally tens of dollars every month like <laughs> I do. Um, they're, they're not kind of looking for work, so to speak, but they, when things shut down, they suffer, you know, actors and mm. singers. And when, when cities lock down, their avenues mm. for, for money-making disappear. But they don't really sort of – do they fit into that, that unemployment jobs figure anyway?
1: The, the numbers come from a survey which says, did you, were you working – This this past survey period. Okay, so now and you define that whether you're self-employed. Like, so myself, like I'm self-employed. So I would I would count even though I don't have an employer who's paying me a wage, Mm. I would still be counted as
0: employed. Just busking for economics on the street. (laughs) Do your chart. (laughs) (laughs) Got some fresh charts.
1: Got some fresh
0: charts. (laughs) Sit down, sit down in the seat. I'll do a caricature of you in chart form.
1: <laughs> but yeah, and then to be unemployed, is again, it's like, did you, if you didn't work, were you, did you actively look for work and did you want to work? Were you ready to start work? And if you select yes to that, so it's sort of you self-nominate. So that. So, you, so your mates would, you know, could, if they were asked in the survey, could mm. nominate themselves as unemployed.
0: Oh, they would offer to do a gig. They'd, they'd do a quick type five. <laughs> i'll do this i'll do your survey do your quick 10 minutes to stand up and you pay <laughs> 10 bucks say whatever let's do it uh, shout out to all the artists and uh and people out there who are, who are doing it tough along with everyone else who's in who's uh enduring more and more lockdowns across the country uh we mm-hmm. hope you hope you're keeping well thomas also i read you sent me this headline that said it's cheaper to buy than rent in 3411 suburbs and i couldn't work it out <laughs> why is rent so expensive in putararu new zealand postcode 3411
1: one, one. <laughs> putararu new zealand is that a 341 isn't that isn't victoria in the threes
0: no nah, well it is but the, 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 i don't think there's a town that has 3411 give us a send us a message oh, uh, yeah yeah comedian <laughs> c v e at equitymates.com, dot forward slash c v e if you 're repping three four one one somewhere in country victoria I think the postcode is assigned to country victoria, but mm. as far as I could tell, the closest upon my extensive research thomas was Puteraru, new zealand oh gold
1: yeah no there 's three thousand four hundred and eleven suburbs around so this is ah. I see i see i see where yeah, what you did there. Yeah, no. The, the core logic of release is saying that in in three thousand four hundred eleven suburbs around the country, it's cheaper to buy than to rent.
0: Like, are we talking mortgage repayments are less than rentals? Is that is that, that that's yeah yeah yeah? So they they figure
1: out they they estimate the price of the, the house is worth, hmm. and they estimate the rent that you would pay on that that property, even if it's not a rental, and then they compare the two. So assuming 80% LVR and 2.5% interest rate something like that. Yeah, right. And then yeah, and if the if the cost of servicing the mortgage is less than the rent, then they say it's cheaper to buy than rent.
0: That doesn't necessarily mean it's easier to get into the housing market than to rent in the housing market. Or to rent in this market.
1: Yeah, so this this is the big thing that it ignores is the deposit. So it assumes that you have a deposit ready to oh. go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's making it up. <laughs> it looks like it's cheaper to buy a Ferrari than it is to buy a Datsun, assuming you've been slowly paying off your Ferrari since you were born and you've only got $500 left to pay. Uh,
1: yeah, no, it's a little bit flawed. I mean, again, way back when, in 1996, when they started this, <laughs> it, it wasn't such a big deal. Like it was, the, the deposit wasn't such a massive hurdle like it is now. Like right. Servicing costs have come down and, and it is true. It's, it's cheaper to service a mortgage than it is to rent in a lot of places. The, the yep. real, the real barrier to buying property is the, is the deposit these days. Hmm. Um, which is, which has gone, gone through the roof relative to, to incomes. And so that's, that's the real pain point for people by trying to get into, into a property. It's that deposit but but it didn't used to be that way like 20 odd years ago it wasn't it wasn't that hard to save a deposit it didn't take you didn't take you that long
0: right what's the outlook then is it is a rent going to come down i mean interest rates going to go up which means that then servicing the loan will become more expensive is it going to yeah so it's a
1: one, one in 3 so hmm. 36.2% properties across the country are cheaper to buy than rent so that's one in yeah one in 3 that's up from 33.9% is awkwardly is also one in three but slightly smaller one in three (laughs) (laughs) um so that that's up and that that's because um there's there's two there's two things going on rents are going up and interest payments are going down because because interest rates are going down so the two sides of that equation. So rents are moving against it. And, uh, yeah, interest rates are coming down. So at some point rents will probably level off. I mean, they're growing at a record pace at the moment, like over highest pace in over a decade, 6% a year or something at the moment. And yeah, in regional right. areas just, just thumping along some, and even some capitals are growing in like. High double digits, like 18 percent, or something. So rent, rents, are, rents are soaring at the moment.
0: But you've said before, you've said before, they're not tied to the house to house prices, right?
1: Well, no, the causality runs one mm. way. Yeah. So higher right. higher rents lead to higher house prices, but higher house prices don't lead to higher rents. Mm,
0: okay.
1: Because you think about the the rent is the return on the asset. So if the return goes up, then the value of the asset goes up. Mm. Yeah, so that's so that. so those higher rents will translate into higher prices, which will then translate into higher interest payments, which will then bring that ratio back into line. So I think, I think we'll come back from that 36% back towards that 33% through higher, higher house prices.
0: Have you got any data on Putararu in New Zealand?
1: I don't, I don't, no. I don't. No. Shout
0: out to everyone listening in New Zealand, mm-hmm. by the way. I know we do have some listeners over there, there so you. thank mm-hmm. you for tuning in.
1: Yeah. Well, the other thing about this data is that it's that those. Cheap in quotation mark houses are primarily located in regional Australia. So, ninety four point six percent of homes in Townsville are cheaper to buy than rent. All right. Uh Seventy nine percent in Toowoomba. Eighty eight point eight percent in Cairns. Orana in re- re- regional New South Wales is eighty nine point one percent. And then, but, but if you go into Sydney, what it is it? It's like. In ride, it's zero point seven percent, one point one percent in the inner west, one point three percent in the northern beaches.
0: Wow! Yeah, right. Yeah, so real, a
1: real, a real difference there. Yeah, mm.
0: I feel like we do need to add like that little disclaimer at the bottom of those super advertisements. You know, like we need a little disclaimer that's like assuming you've got a deposit. You know, mm-hmm. when looking at these numbers, if you haven't got one, it's time to hit up your hit up your boomers. Okay, boomer, I need a, a deposit because it's cheaper to. To buy than rent, assuming I've got that sorted. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Tell him tell CVE told
0: you, so. Tell your dad CVE set you. Good luck with that. Let us, let us know how you get on. Hit us up on uh, CVE podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Tell us how, how your conversation with your dad went when you asked for a deposit because it was cheaper <laughs> to buy than rent. Oh, gosh. All right. Look, we might take a short break there. We'll get a quick word from our sponsors. We'll be back with more Comedian versus Economist after this. Ready to pop the question? Welcome back. You're on Comedian versus Economist. And Thomas, we're hearing 60% of Henry's are living paycheck to paycheck. Shout out mm. to my friend Jane and and her son, Henry, who I know are both big fans of the show. But I'm guessing Jane's son's not what we're talking about here, Thomas.
1: No, no, no. So this is, this is a survey come out of America uh, looking at millennials um, and their spending habits and found that the, what they call the Henrys is the acronym, High Earners Not Yet Rich. Sorry, Not Rich Yet. That's the Henrys. High H-E-N-a. Earners Not Rich Yet. Yeah. That's
0: your Henrys. Where do they come up with this stuff?
1: Yeah. It's like the the Dinks, Double Income No Kids.
0: Yeah. But that, at least that wasn't like a name. Like they must have had that name first and then just worked in some words to fit it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Could have been a Nigel. New but- iPhone, get everything else later. <laughs> <laughs> assuming everything else is hyphenated. Yeah,
1: it was like the panks the professional auntie no kids was identified as
0: professional
1: auntie no kids yeah yeah <laughs> the marketers <laughs> locked onto that realized that they they were responsible for a lot of lot of purchases for like their, their nieces and nephews
0: right brilliant
1: and so yeah like became a became a sort of a character to market to
0: right there you go
1: and that's yeah so that's that's where our Henrys come from. Uh, yeah, but it was this survey out of the US by a payments company found that yeah, 60% of them earning 100 grand plus, so six figures, is 134,000 in Aussie dollars, um a living paycheck to paycheck, so just not saving anything.
0: Right. Well, that's not much is it? 100 grand a year? That's not that's not enough to get by on.
1: <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you
0: know there's five you know, the minimum five different streaming service subscriptions now, minimum.
1: <laughs> Oh, uh, Who's got time? Yeah. <laughs> Henry's
0: yeah. have got time. Henry's <laughs> has got time. Yeah, they don't have kids. No kids. <laughs> they got no dependencies. They're just they're living paycheck to paycheck. They're like, I need some, I need some some streaming in my life. I've got you know, yeah, yeah. seasons upon seasons. But no, I
1: reckon, I reckon that's right. There's two
0: things going on. A hundred thousand
1: dollars doesn't go as far as it used to. Hmm. That's probably true. And yeah, but like also like. I'm presuming most of these are coming out of university. There's another study found that uh, the average Henry leaves university with a debt of eighty thousand US dollars. Right. So that's a that's a big hole to be starting out your career in. You got you know work for a long time to pay that
0: off. Three quarters of a year done. Just keep stay living. Just stay another year with your folks. Punch punch out that debt.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Now yeah. that is that's a fair that's a fair whack.
1: That's a fair whack. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but there's also, well, they talk about lifestyle creep. So yeah, it's, it's really hard to, I mean, this, this is sort of across the spectrum. This isn't just for high income earners or for young people. It's people across the spectrum have difficulty staying on top of their burn. So right. you remember, like savings comes out of your, your earn and your burn. You need to be burning much less than you're earning to be able to save
0: anything. What are you, the barefoot investor? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, is, that's barefoot. Yeah.
0: Uh, is that answer. really what it is? Is that from him? Yeah,
1: I reckon. I reckon. I don't. I don't know if he came up with it, but right. Yeah. I don't. Th- I don't know. It's definitely in his book. Hmm. Yeah, but you got. You got to stay on top of that burn. But is like there's a whole marketing industry dedicated to getting you to burn more than you need, mm. um, and it's really hard not to. Particularly if you're earning, you know, good money, then you want to be living in the right neighborhoods and driving the right cars and all of yeah. that business. So it's yeah, it's.
0: I came up with another acronym for that. Oh, yeah. It's Max Maintain Affluence. Xylophone. I couldn't think of anything for that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so so living paycheck to paycheck, we mentioned at the top of the show that Apple has just announced Mm. Apple Pay Later, which worst marketing name ever. But they're entering the Buy Now, Pay Later space as seemingly like every big player is now like PayPal announced Mm -hmm. Pay In Four. Um, We've already got Afterpay, Zip, um, about 100 other Buy Now, Pay Laters. Is that kind mm. of is that does that marry up really well with the Henry's, do you think? Is that kind of what's supporting the buy now pay later space? I think
1: I think that's what I what I learned or what I started thinking about with this. Like I presume buy now pay later was uh, you know, targeted at lower income earners with people who don't have enough money to you know buy the goods they want in the moment.
0: Mm. Um,
1: but I think this shows us that it, that it's going to appeal to high income earners as well, and that it's not just your your basic staples and low end consumer goods that are going to go on on buy now pay later, but potentially higher 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 up the sort of luxury spectrum, right? For you know Ferraris or whatever might end up on buy now pay later if you can, but. Do you, yeah. know, do you know what I mean? So we're not just talking about a, a, a lower socioeconomic group that's gonna a customer base for the buy now, pay later, but it might be right across the consumer spectrum.
0: Mm. You might say, Thomas, that it, that it appeals to all people, which is plan expenditure, otherwise pay later everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, I'll stop now. I'll stop yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: quit, quit while you're ahead.
0: Quit while. <laughs> I stopped being ahead. Uh, probably sometime around the start of this show. Look, we might move, we might move on because there's big news, Thomas, that affects, you know, probably a lot of Henry's there, I say. Um but we we we've got a vinyl shortage, Thomas. It's the it's mm. the biggest boom in vinyl since flooring in the 80s. Um, <laughs> it's vinyl records in particular, you can't get them. What's going no, on?
1: No, it's going off. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so de- demand surged with COVID, so um Vinyl sales were up th- almost 30% in 2020. Yeah, so a huge jump. I've got a chart here. I'll share that with to the Instagram as well. Yeah, but gone vertical in 2020, and that's probably just gone even higher in 2021 uh, so far. So, yeah, so just a huge surge in demand for, for vinyl, and... So I think the industry is sort of saying that people, it's all the money that people would have spent on concerts, people are now just putting into, into their record collections. And because they're spending time at home, you're going to sit around, and listen to, listen to, um, to listen to some music.
0: But a lot of people must have taken it up, though. Like, I, I didn't go, oh, I can't get out to see um, Green Day anymore, so I guess I'll go and buy some vinyl. <laughs> like, i just play it on, on Spotify or whatever. Yeah, it's a
1: bit tenuous. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's it's booming. Maybe it's a bit, like, nostalgic or, yeah, I don't know. It's a... It's a I, maybe it's this i don't know is it the expense is it the inconvenience i don't know what the pulling power of vinyl is
0: yeah right maybe it's just like yeah. everything old is new again right like everything fashion is cyclical like mullets are back in now so mullets are back in maybe so is vinyl
1: yeah who knows but whatever the case is it's booming but so one one music executive at billboard was quoted as saying that Pre-COVID, the, we had a global capacity to manufacture 160 million million albums a year. Mm. Uh, but to meet what the album, what the market wants right now, we need to be producing somewhere between 320 and 400 million. Yeah, so wow. at least double the capacity. And the, so this is this is sort of a classic inflation story, and, and a lot of what we're seeing is that what we're seeing COVID triggered a, a massive, sudden shift in consumer behaviour and the supply chains just weren't ready just the the production just wasn't able to come online and meet meet demand
0: this seems a really strange reaction to covid like you know people panic buying toilet paper and stuff it's like (laughs) fire out man (laughs) i'm gonna get this this now or never i'm gonna get some vinyl back in my life get some records start spinning some (laughs) spinning some vinyl seems a strange reaction I don't know do I invest in cassette tapes now like is that the next the next phase of this people start like oh, if only if only, there was some way we could play these while we were out and about <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah Walkman's um, Walkman's a dual comeback
0: Walkman's I know get all over it um, yeah yeah I, I read the quote from that, that article. It was like um, so the guy said, we even had a new signing we were really excited about for 2021, but because of vinyl delays, the artist has to sit on their record until 2022 and wait till it gets released. Uh, what? They <laughs> have to wait. Like, oh, man, if, if only there was another way to distribute music in <laughs> 2021. <I'm> like, <laughs> Like okay. some something's gone a bit skew here, hasn't it? Like, yeah. Well, I think
1: I think streaming has has monstered the the market. Like, I think if you if, if you're a music musical artist, you know you get nothing out of Spotify. If you're an indie artist, the, mm. Spotify gets you nothing per play. So, like, there's no point releasing it for free because you, you you know you get nothing for it. So, so vinyl is sort of like there's a tangible product there. People are willing to pay for it because they get you know they get a good hit of nostalgia with their with their album yeah and they, and it's it's a it's a way to make some money to sell a product because you're not going to sell a cd cds don't have any of that like that kudos
0: almost like selling a, a band t-shirt that you can listen to yeah like yeah, if you are yeah. into the, you know like you get that thing that's like cool i've got this i can put it on my shelf and show mm. my friends or whatever i heard i heard like amazon and and real those, those big little sort of chains are getting into it as well which must be putting more pressure on the supply.
1: Yeah, they're cashing in. Target, Walmart. Yeah, yeah. And so they they now count for thirteen percent of sales, up from four percent in twenty eighteen. Yeah, wow. So they're, so they're getting they're they're chasing that money too. But so, yeah, it's a demand story.
0: So all but the they, mainstream stuff will be going there, like you know, I don't know. Can you get Lady Gaga on vinyl? I guess you can.
1: Sure, you can. The Wiggles. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow, <laughs>
0: we've mentioned the wiggles before on this show. I wonder if you can get them on vinyl, limited release vinyl pressing of Big Red Car or something.
1: <laughs> so, that I mean, my kids love well, we've got a record player and they love it because it's a lot like it moves, it's got moving parts. You've got to move the needle on it, it makes a huge noise if you bump it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't know, I wouldn't let my kids anywhere near my record player if I had one. Um, no, but my youngest family, she's got a CD player. She, yeah, same deal. She loves it. She's got we got all these old CDs lying around. Um, mm. she's kind of discovering music through this this little CD player that she because, yeah, she can just grab them out, play them, and she doesn't need internet access. We don't have to worry about her straying onto <laughs> YouTube and watching some <laughs> some weird anime from, <laughs> yeah. from God oh, knows where.
1: Always, end up, always ends up there, yeah.
0: Mm. Well, well, yeah. you know. We must get a question probably every week, Thomas, on their email, cve at equitymates.com. When can I get the Comedian vs Economist podcast on vinyl? Um, <laughs> bad news. <laughs> You're going to have to wait until at yeah. least 2022, unfortunately, but yeah. we will keep trying. So in the meantime, yeah. uh, we hope you'll keep tuning into the podcast wherever you might be listening to it. Um, And that kind of, I think that brings us to the end of the show, Thomas.
1: Mm, Sounds good.
0: Yeah, nice one. Uh, We do really appreciate you tuning in. Check us out, CVE Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, uh, cve at equitymates.com or on the website equitymates.com forward slash CVE. Loved bringing you the show this week. We look forward to you tuning in again next week. We'll see you then. Bye.
1: Comedian vs Economist is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Comedian vs Economist are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Comedian Verse Economist acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and
0: present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.